0: Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever y'all are up to at this point in your day. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, as always, giving me a little bit of your time. And for those of y'all that continue to tell others about the podcast and share it with them, thank you so much. That helps the podcast to continue to grow, hopefully helps each of y'all just a little bit and and our country, even if just a little bit. We're going to go for one of our little walks this morning. I have one puppy dog that's thinking about coming, but that's... It's a rough decision. So, I don't know if we're going to get them or not. And we got just the little slightest bit of rain recently i don't even think it measured on the rain gauge which is actually broken and i need to replace so i just remembered that <laughs> i think that's about it folks i think we have had a spree of snakes the last couple days i guess that's interesting had one about a five foot rat snake get into the chicken coop and eat some eggs the other night and I had to dispatch of that, so. All right, we'll get going. <clears throat> so my little side comments. We're gonna talk about something I, I don't do as frequently as I should, just kind mm-hmm. of generic science uh, today because so often the left has managed over the last, man, really over a hundred years to push this idea uh that you can't believe in science and believe in Christianity. And this, of course, plays into what this podcast is about, because if you can get education to be completely secular uh, and, and force God and Christianity out of public education, which the left has managed to do, then you can control the children and you can control the narrative which is the left has done a phenomenal job of they've done really well at it and so what i'd like to do today is just talk about pull a few quotes uh, in general science and read those and and we'll talk about a little more if we get a chance so we're going to start with, and if I murder some of these names, folks, I apologize, not all of these are American, but I think they kind of show the point that this modern idea that in order to believe in science, you can't believe in Christianity, or if you believe in God and Jesus Christ, somehow that precludes you from from really trusting science, I think is what the left the catchphrase they really like to use today, so... Henry Jean Fabre. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, folks, Uh, father, considered the father of modern entomology, famous biologist who pioneered studies in insects and their habitats. Also, He authored a number of popular textbooks, Uh, was a close personal friend of Louis Pasteur, and this was his comment concerning God. Without him, I understand nothing. Without him, all is darkness. Every period has its manias. I regard atheism as a mania. It is a malady of the age. You could take my skin from me more easily than my faith in God. And uh, those first couple lines there, without him I understand nothing, without him all is darkness, remind me of some quotes from uh, Carver. And we'll go back and talk about him some. I'm not sure we actually have talked about him before, but we've got, I'm pretty sure I've got a podcast coming up we're going to talk about. Washington Carver a little bit and uh, he had similar sentiments Michael Faraday English chemist and naturalist one of the greatest physicists of all time uh, he was honored as a professor of chemistry at the prestigious Royal Institute pioneered liquefaction of gases discovered benzene which is used in dyes perfumes and high explosives uh, perhaps most famous Scientific contributions include discovery of electrolysis, electromagnetic induction, concept of magnetic lines of force, and the invention of the first electrical generator in 1831. A couple of his quotes. It is permitted to the Christian to think of death. He is even represented as praying that God would teach him to number his days. Words are given him. Thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And though the thought of death brings the thought of judgment, it also brings to the Christian the thought of him who died, who rose again for the justification of those who believe in him. The Christian, who is taught by God, by his word and Holy Spirit, finds his guide in the word of God and commits the keeping of his soul into the hands of God. He looks for no assurance beyond what the word of God can give him, and if his mind is troubled by the cares and fears which may assail him, he can go nowhere but to the throne of grace and description. No outward manifestation can give either instruction or assurance to him, nor can any outward opposition or trouble diminish his confidence for Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness, but to them who are called Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. The Christian religion is a revelation, and that revelation is the word of God. So here are just a couple examples uh, across a pretty broad spectrum, and we'll do this more often, folks, these general science comments, but one from the early 1800s, or probably more like late 1800s, sorry, early 1900s, and then the other one from the late 1700s to early 1800s. But both extremely famous in their field, uh, strong faith in God and Jesus Christ. There's not a belief in God and Jesus Christ and I don't know if you want to call it a love of science or medicine or or trusting. Those are not mutually exclusive. We And we've talked about others. Benjamin Rush is a huge, considered the father of... Modern American, or not modern, but American medicine, I think, was one of his titles. Uh, but a really renowned physician in his day. So the idea that you can't have science and God together is just absolutely a lie. It's just untrue. But it's one that the left has pushed really well because we've allowed them to control education again. Warner von Braun. 1912 to 1977, father of the American space program, was the director of NASA, sometimes said to be the preeminent rocket scientist of the 20th century. This is his comment. In this age of spaceflight, when we use the modern tools of science to advance into new regions of human activity, the Bible, this grandiose, stirring history of the gradual revelation and unfolding of the moral law, remains in every way an up-to-date book. Our knowledge and use of the laws of nature that enable us to fly to the moon also enable us to destroy our home planet with the atom bomb. Science itself does not address the question of whether we should use the power at our disposal for good or for evil. The guidelines of what we ought to do are furnished in the moral law of God. It is no longer enough that we pray that God may be with us on our side. We must learn to pray that we may be on God's side. And that that goes right back to Lincoln's quote when somebody asked him about God being on his side. And he said, I'm not concerned about God being on my side. I'm concerned about being on God's side because I know that he's always on the right side. And so, uh, Braun here Again, the father of the American space program kind of reiterates that, and so this, of course, is a modern one, and shows that this idea that you've got to completely throw away the Bible or Christianity uh, in order to, to to follow science, to trust science again, uh, it's just nonsense. But it's been managed, it's it's been pushed, it's been able to take root because of the control of the public education system. Because we kicked God out of our institutes, and and so this is how it happened. Got another one. Go back to the 1800s. Samuel Morse, Morse code, right? An accomplished artist by profession, uh, he was captivated with the notion that electricity could be used to transmit messages instantly. These a couple of these quotes, folks. I pulled a little bit today from America's God and Country Encyclopedia, and then the Patriots Bible. So, Morse worked for years to become the the creator of a single wire telegraph system and co-inventor with Alfred Vail of the Morris code, with letters represented by dots and dashes to convey the telegraph message. His invention in the 1830s, revolutionized and changed forever the realm of communication. Although Morris had a patent, it took him years of failures and poverty before he was able to secure financial backing to implement his project. About those years, he said, The only gleam of hope is from confidence in God. When I look upward, it calms any apprehension for the future, and I seem to hear a voice saying, If I clothe the lilies of the field, shall I not also clothe you? Here is my strong confidence, and I will wait patiently for the direction of Providence. In 1843, Congress finally awarded Morris $30,000 to construct a telegraphic line between Baltimore and Washington. By Friday, May 24th of 1844, the lines were ready, and the words of the first official message were sent. What hath God wrought, selected from Numbers twenty three, twenty three, in recognition that it was God who had inspired and sustained Morris throughout. So again, I'm just another huge man in the history of science and strong faith, incredible faith in God. And so when we When you hear this, remember these quotes, folks. This is the muscle memory part that I talk about, and I'm talking to myself here too. But we need to remember when we hear these ideas, uh, whether it's from a school board or a state board or the federal government or MSNBC or CNN or some the Journal of Science, some collegiate, you know, because this is this is pushed dramatically. you know, when I, I, my degree, my second degree is in geology. And, and that was a big deal was evolution. You know, and if you even happened to hint that you believed in creationism, regardless of whether you chose to believe in a 6,000 year old earth or a five billion year old earth, if you believed that God had a hand in it often, that was just sneered at looked down upon you were obviously not a serious scientist and you you could be discounted and so this idea has been pushed in academia for decades and it's really rampant you can see it all you have to do is go onto a college campus and talk to some students or go into any large Really, a number of schools across the nation and talk to the teachers, the professors. Um, you do have quite a few out there that don't follow this. And that's wonderful, but the system still, if, if you have people, we still can't bring God and Jesus Christ into the classroom. Right? And there's political restrictions. Uh, I, I use this, we talked about this example recently, but the, uh, Coach, the football coach that prayed with his players on the field that has had to have his life ripped apart over the last few years and gone all the way to the Supreme Court. That should never have been because God should be central, fundamental to a public education system funded by taxpayers. I thought this was interesting too. (laughs) Uh, This brought to mind a quote by Thomas Jefferson. So, one of the founders that our fellow citizens, leftist fellow citizens, like to, to bring up as the well, see, obviously, he was just a deist. He didn't want anything to do with Christianity. Absolutely did not want Christianity in public institutes and policies. You know, he's the, his letter, that one line of, out, of, out of his letter, separation of church and state, which was trist, twisted to mean what it didn't anyway. He wasn't talking about kicking. Christianity out of the public sphere. He was talking about preventing the government from controlling religion or picking a state religion. But this is a quote from Thomas Jefferson. The Christian religion, when divested of the rags in which they, talking about the clergy, have enveloped it, and brought to the original purity and simplicity of its benevolent institutor, is a religion of all others most friendly to liberty science, and the freest expansion of the human mind. Seems kind of hard to listen to quotes like this by Jefferson and think that he was an antagonist toward Christianity and public life. It is a religion of all others most friendly to liberty, science, and the freest expansion of the human mind. Uh, that's a quote from 1829 Correspondence. At least that's where this quote is pulled from. Oh, that's the book. Papers. Papers of Thomas Jefferson. I'm sorry. 1829 Papers of Thomas Jefferson. Memoir, Correspondence, and Miscellaneous. The point is still, folks, we... <laughs> We've got to get God back into the school as the central factor. And if we're going to have public schools, we're going to have taxpayer funding in those public schools. It has to support and strengthen that nation. This is true of any organization. Anytime you're going to have education about to try and strengthen an organization, whether you're talking about a company, you know, continuing education, whether you're talking about, another country somewhere else in the world, if you're going to strengthen that organization, you have to promote the founding values, the the foundation of that organization, that institution. And we haven't been doing that. I'll talk about one thing here, folks, just because it was in the news this week. And we're going to come back and hit this probably later this week from a different angle. But. Part of the problem of this this leftist idea that's been pushed so long that you have to kick God out of education and particularly science that we've talked about today is, if you haven't noticed before, the NCAA, I believe it was last week, nominated a man for woman of the year. And just in case you didn't hear me, the NCAA has nominated a man for woman of the year. The swimmer, who now goes by the name Leah Thomas, I believe, uh, is still a man. And this is kind of, this, this is an example from, you either have, with the exception of chromosome disorders, you either have XY sex chromosomes, which make you a male, or you have XX sex chromosomes, which make you a female. Out of your 46 chromosomes in every cell in your body, except for red blood cells, I believe, I think they lose their nucleus at maturity, but every single other cell in your body has these chromosomes. There's 46 of them and two of them are. The other 44 are called autosomes, right? They're just, they control all the other factors, but there's two that are sex chromosomes. And you look in... Up until maybe the last five years, I'm not going to guarantee this anymore because as the left has a stranglehold on education in a lot of ways. And so I don't know what the textbooks say now. But up until recently, at least, if you look in any freshman biology textbook, it's going to tell you this. You either have XX or XY. So regardless of whether this swimmer, this man wants to pretend that they're a woman or not, They still have XY chromosomes throughout their entire body. doesn't matter how many parts you replace, how much estrogen you take. You still have, as a man, XY chromosomes. And if it was the reverse, no matter how much testosterone the person took, that woman would still have XX chromosomes. This is what happens, folks, when we kick God and the Bible out of education and we pretend that you cannot have any, that that if you believe in science, then you must by default reject Christianity. I mean, that doesn't even make sense, folks. If, If the creator of the universe, if you've got to reject him in order to believe in science, we've got major problems. And so, as I said, we'll go back and talk about this some more uh, later this week from a different angle. But I just wanted to put that out there. Sure do appreciate y'all joining me, as always, for going on this little walk. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it.